what was that with arid extra dot it was a deodorant commercial no you close. realize that in, come along and get close no wait no no let me, let me remember this is a commercial come along and get closer with arid extra dry maybe that's our new sponsor yeah but you realize no one under the age of 55 watches television is or remembers that commercial <laughs> Welcome to episode 25 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney McKnight in East Tennessee. I'm joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hello, hello, hello. I'm waving at you. Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. We bring you news from the ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there is a greater consciousness unfolding us, moving through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Our goal is to help you see that there's order in the chaos and that trusting the universe, not the status quo, is what keeps you calm and hopeful. So that's who you are listening to. And on this episode, not only will we bring you news from the Unsold universe, with the success of our FTC watch, you can go back to episode 23 for more about that. And I really do recommend that if you didn't hear episode 23, you, you go back to that. Because as soon as we started talking about whether or not the FTC was going to be effective at doing its job, it was clear that maybe they're not going to be so good at their job. It got slapped. <laughs> because suddenly this Federal Trade Commission has arisen into the news and we were ahead of that. And we started to think, hey, you know, we should check out more stuff. And so I pulled up the DOD and wow, that we're going to go into that chart and we're going to start doing that on a regular basis. What do the stars say about the way in which our federal government operates? And that's pretty much. And no more vamping. Let's get right to the show. Were we vamping? I didn't know I was vamping. Okay. Uh, Last week, we told you to be on the lookout for three three conjunctions. All right, so a conjunction is a focal point. It's two planets meeting up to start the beginning of a cycle. The technical term is a synodic cycle. Two words for you, Elizabeth. Decaffeinated coffee. (laughs) Anyway. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Okay, so uh, synodic cycle, a conjunction. We had three of them. All planets do this little dance. So we had a conjunction between Mercury, how we need to think, and Pluto, which is extremes, extremes, perspective, banner day for investigative reporters. That was exact last Friday. Then we had on uh, just after uh, in the wee hours on the 15th during Valentine's Day for some who are in Hawaii because it happened on on that day. No, 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 no. Venus, the Venus Neptune conjunction happened at 7 a.m. on the 15th. So, okay. So Venus who and how we need to love in Pisces, exalted, beautiful, flowy, conjunct Neptune, idealism, romance, rose-colored glasses. Maybe things aren't quite for real. We'll find out. And then this morning or this afternoon, depending upon your time zone, we had the sun and Saturn. The sun is energy, leaders, fuel, um, the heart meeting up for its annual connection with Saturn the planet of limitation and administrative advance structure loss, all of which for better, for worse. So we have these three headlines humming in the background. And here's what we have reflecting this since we last spoke and going on even today. Mercury conjunct Pluto extremes news from underground. Mary Queen of Scots, who spent 19 years imprisoned in, in Scotland, uh, wrote thousands of letters when she not was recently, <laughs> well, not recently, but she was, she was the queen. She was a queen in the mid 1500s and she was queen of Scotland, obviously. So that was in the mid 1500s. So it's not like they just found her, <laughs> just found her letters. They didn't find her, but she wrote thousands of letters and nobody could figure them out until now uh, they've been decoded. Yeah, they didn't, She wrote all these letters in code. Nobody knew. And she wrote to like ambassadors and all these people try, trying to win her freedom. This is going to be a theme in some of these stories we hear. People who try, or people who stand for freedom. Um, and then finally, these this trove of information has been 
unearthed you know, from underground where they've been buried in some library in France. And now we know what they mean. Also reflecting the intensity of Mercury conjunct Pluto. Uh, we told you about a story, a, a, a thing that, because these patterns affect real life events that don't necessarily make actual headlines. So we told you last week about this um, kerfuffle that had erupted between two pillars of astrological authority and knowledge and they were uh, having a conflict about house systems which if you listen if you've been listening to us for a year you know that Whitney and I use different house systems we have a different approach to our analysis and yet we still arrive at conclusions that are brilliant and accurate and this is one of the things about astrology there's nothing weird about you it just threw that in there just you know brilliant not accurate <laughs> well, it, it, well yeah and they well they are and look it's true i mean we've been doing this a long time so um but astrology this shouldn't be a, a, a weird thing if you think of astrology as a language and like, all, you know, there are dialects, there are different languages, all of which have validity. And so, but astrologers, for some reason, love, many of them love to defend their own particular approach. Hey, I don't think that's astrology. I think that's, that's not because they're astrologers. That's because they're human. Okay. So they're human. All right. So, so they're human. And, 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 no, ast- but astrologers, people, I mean, you could find this in any field, the, the, the acolytes of any particular field. I see it in medicine constantly. I saw it all the time. You see it within psychiatry. You see it in anything that involves a high level of scholarship in particular, because people are really invested in what they've spent their lives learning about. And it's really hard for people to back up and say, well, actually I'm agnostic about whatever, or I respect whatever. That's just human. That is human. I don't think that this is just because astrologers have you know, a bug up their rear end. Well, I think astrologers are in an interesting position because Unlike medical doctors or geologists, okay. they don't have to contend with people driving through their living room or their Facebook pages, telling them that whatever they posted is crap, and they don't. Which will happen. Wait, have you no. never had somebody come onto your Facebook page and say you're a witch or something like that? Because oh, no, no, all, no, I do, and 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 from people who have academic backgrounds. But it's really amazing to think that you know. Who, tell me, tell me a profession where it is considered perfectly acceptable. You know, a doctor puts out a statement. Nobody goes through and says, what are you talking about? This medicine is for the, I mean, nobody sits there and challenges, you know what I'm saying? No, they do. They actually do, but they don't do it so publicly. I mean, for all the years that I was involved in covering medicine, if you go to their medical meetings every year, they fight. They absolutely fight. They fight, but nobody doubts the validity of medicine. Nobody's, um, no, nobody says, we, we can't believe anybody would pay you money to yeah, be a doctor, me, right? Uh, yeah, I would say, okay, if you're going to put it that way, yeah. I would, I'm putting it that way, which is why I think astrologers- but there are a lot of people who, who negate the idea that medicine is valid. So yeah, but if you say, if, nobody questions that medicine is an actual legitimate profession. Yes. Exactly. That is respectable and that you can actually have a reason for being that you can actually help people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so nobody goes driving onto your website and, and, you know, if you're a lawyer and says, you know, what, you know, this is about, nobody challenges the, the validity of your, of your JD. We would not be able to get loans, college loans to go to school for astrology would be one way you could look at this. So it's not valued by society. Okay. Right. Okay. So therefore astrologers, I think are more sensitive, might be a little bit more prickly than perhaps other people, but maybe not about defending their own particular view. But the point is, and I do have one, is that Mercury, Pluto, extremes of communication. So Deborah Holding, whom I told you about last week, one of my teachers, uh, who wrote the book on house systems, actually. So that's fabulous. So so she put out a, a thing saying, hey, guys, I'm not sure. She had an opinion about whole sign. Well, no, houses. she didn't have an opinion. She She published a paper. She published an academic paper. Okay. My point is that the response from Chris Brennan, who is somebody who is very much embracing whole sign houses okay he actually has been the one to bring it to he's been the one to write a big ginormous book on called hellenistic astrology but my point is reflecting the planetary patterns which is what we're talking about is that his response was a seven 
hour-long YouTube video live. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was definitely epic. That would be a word for it. It was it's, epic. It's extreme. And, and Mercury in Capricorn, as another one of my teachers used to say, who had Mercury in Capricorn, Mercury is how we need to think. Capricorn, Mercury needs to hear the grass grow for seven hours. So that was pretty cool. And this thing is still going on. They're still, they're still talking about it. Um, but so, it, and, and it's, and it's, it's, I don't know. Some people are calling it a feud. I'm just seeing it as a very public discussion with very vociferous advocates for one side and the other. And those two sides being quadrant houses or whole sign houses. My take on the whole thing is I'm really not paying attention to it at all, <laughs> but I love love, love, love that each of these people who are actually pretty heated about it and talking in, in, in uh, strident tones, well, maybe not strident, but whatever they're, they're defending their turf. It's great. Going back to what we were already saying, there are people who are really smart taking astrology really seriously and are approaching it with a scholarly bent and are applying true tools of scholarship I personally don't want to look at it as a science. I think it's time that we start to actually accept that divination is real, but they're actually providing us with a lot of information that makes that possible for us. So if you do want to actually stump on something, or if you want to fill in the blanks as to why you feel drawn to one side or another, you have so many materials and so many resources. So I think it's great. That's all. Yeah. I I, I wouldn't. I brought you by Pluto on my Mercury. (laughs) Exactly. Which can be quite Capricorn. (laughs) In Capricorn. Very practical, earthy. You got it. There it is. I don't know if, I mean, divination, I, I, I don't know. I've said this before. I do not know why astrology works. I know how it works. And I know that the horoscopes of dead people work. And I'm not sure what I'm actually divining by looking at the horoscope of a dead person. But I can tell you, looking at the horoscope of a dead person, what's likely to become prominent in their life story among the mortals once that entity no longer occupies a body. And that is amazing. And I consider that a process, which is scientific in the fact that it's repeatable and divination because you are divining, meaning you are contacting the divine for information that is not deductive. And there's your lead because you wanted to talk about inductive reasoning. I want to talk about inductive reasoning because what I I said in my forecast that I posted this week that also reflecting the intensity of Mercury with Pluto and that, that Whitney is experiencing this transit personally so her need over for comu- and over, over and <laughs> over so her need for communication has become empowered and transformed and intensified and so she wrote an essay on her other site documental and I, I was just just so just gobsmacked and thrilled by it give us this the summary of what you were saying and then I'm going to tell people why that is so amazingly in sync with planetary patterns because what you said you, you read what you were saying and people are going what well, I hope they weren't saying that I hope they're going oh, no, 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 no. no because you're kind of like wait that, that's not how it's been working in the past but you're saying, no, the way we process information and choose w- what our reference points are have shifted. But like, tell them what you were saying about myth and facts and fiction. Well, I began with the idea that um, we have to come up with an answer for the question, why are we hellbent for leather to annihilate ourselves as a species? Doesn't matter what side of the you know line you're on, red, blue left, right, Republican, whatever, whatever your country is. Humans seem to be like little lemmings marching toward the edge of the cliff for destruction because all of the practices that we engage in, and even when we say we need to reform this, we're still doing it within the same paradigm of use the resources. Somebody's going to get more than somebody else. And you know, we don't actually make things equitable. We just control the damage to the people who are not getting as much as the top. We still think in terms of flowing things up. Hierarchies. Yep. Things are linear. And this absolutely results in our ultimate death. It is the absolute, you take it to its natural conclusion, no matter how many times you say you're going to reform it, we're all going to (laughs) die. 
we're all going to die. What I wanted to know was, are we ever going to just stop, pull back for a second and say, you know, we just keep trying to answer the same question over and over, but maybe we don't really understand the question fundamentally. The question isn't, how do we redistribute resources? The question is, why do we insist on things that eventually will lead to our death? The planet will die if we keep doing things the way that we're doing them. Why don't Mm -hmm. we just ask that as a matter of plain and simple, straightforward policy? Just ask it. We don't. And so I said, okay, well, we don't because none of the things that have authority in our world beg that question. So why don't we just imagine we have different authorities? (laughs) Why don't we think in terms of what the story that we all run our lives according to, which right now is... For, for good, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's a capitalistic, you know, but it's also socialism. It's also communism. It's all about distribution of resources, right? What if we had a completely different myth? What if we said, well, the reason why humans march like lemmings to their death is because we actually have been invaded at some point by ETs and they messed with our code. Now I didn't get this idea. Like it didn't just come out of the blue into my head. I actually found this kind of stuff by researching why QAnon people think of themselves as star seeds, because I was thinking star seeds. That's so cool. I love that idea. What is that? We so are stardust. I've been doing a lot of different rabbit holes over the last year-ish. And I've been thinking a lot about people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't think the woman's playing with, I just don't think she's that intelligent. But I had been thinking, what if she's actually onto something with some of these wackadoodle things that she says? And then what happened was Sarah Huckabee, I can never say her name, Sarah Huckabee Sanders (laughs) (laughs) came out and said that our choices were between normal and crazy. And I was like, you know, that's it. It's between science and fiction. You saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders response to the state of state of the union and she went out there with a straight face and her obi-wan kenobi outfit or her massage spa bathrobe or whatever (laughs) she was wearing uh saying we have a choice you know this this state of the union speech has made it clear we have a choice between normal and crazy and that prompted you to go off on this fact versus fiction versus something in between and then making a case for the acceptance of somewhere between fact and fiction, maybe some. Well, I had already been, I'd already been planning on doing that. I was just looking for a way to enter the conversation without people who, you know, remember I come from Washington. I wasn't raised in Washington, but my career really was made amongst academics, policymakers, real serious thinkers. And you've never met a snob until you've met a Washington DC snob. I'm sorry. You know, there is just no, that's a whole other conversation, but you know, they know everything. And I love Washington and I understand, you know, both sides of the elitism and then the need for people who actually know things. But I sure as hell wasn't going to go running around telling everybody, you know, I really wonder about these space lasers, these Jewish space lasers. (laughs) But I did. I was like, what is she talking about? And I had been waiting for an opportunity that gave me cover where I could say, hey, you know, about all these crazy ass things that sometimes come out of the mouths of these truly bizarre people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, you know, is not a she's not an intelligent woman. I actually no, think she's pretty, not an intelligent woman. That's a pretty empirical assessment of things. Yeah. But then when uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said crazy and normal, I was like, that's it. It's fiction and science. That's the middle place. Now I can go in. And then what do you know that week that I came out and I said, hey, let's look for some truths in the things that don't seem like the possibly they could possibly be true. Then we start shooting shit out of the sky. So this is perfect. Perfect timing. I do think about what a what the heck a star seed could be. And my mythical premise that I put out there was. Human beings are magnificent and something didn't like that. Something in the universe said, I don't want them to be magnificent. I want them to be slaves. So I'm going to tinker with their DNA and I'm going to make them think that the only way that they can exist is through hierarchy. That's all. That's how I started. That I was like, what if that were true? Folks, keep some perspective here. It's that- just a new way to order our thinking and beg new questions. That and that is the that there. What if we do believe things like that? It doesn't have to be absolutely certain. Okay, I've said this before. The last 200 years have been an exercise. Jupiter and Saturn, like a new moon, they meet up. It's a 20 year cycle. They have a focal point for 20 years and they're reliable harbingers of economic forecasting and for the fate of a nation to look at what the Jupiter-Saturn cycle is going to do. So for the last 200 years, 
the majority of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions have been in Earth signs, which has been reflected in the Industrial Revolution and the people who have mined and exploited the Earth, die with the most toys, or writing the history books. With Jupiter-Saturn in Aquarius, we, we are beginning a 200-year new era, you can spell it A-I-R-A if you want, of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in the element of air, suggesting that the people who are going to be the leaders and the thought leaders, blah, 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 are people who are going to be controlling Aquarius things, air things, such as information, networks, and how we think. Now, the last time we had a a series of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in air was back at the beginning of the Renaissance. And when I was researching what happened back then um, and, you know, how things were different, I stumbled across an argument that what the Renaissance brought was a shift in something called deductive reasoning and shifting that into inductive reasoning. It's empiricism. empiricism. Okay, so deductive reasoning is where the conclusion, I'm reading this from Wikipedia, the conclusion of a deductive argument is certain, given that the premises are correct. I learned this in symbolic logic. If you accept that the premises are true, then the conclusion necessarily follows. Great way to learn how to write a paper, a research paper. Every All Western legal thought is based on this idea, okay? But when you get into the element of error, and you get into the element of inductive reasoning, the truth of the conclusion, I'm quoting Wikipedia, of an inductive argument is probable based upon the evidence given. So it's like, and, and then we, so you take that factor and you take the, ast- the, the conjunction we had in April between Jupiter expansion with Neptune, belief, illusion, immaterial, in Pisces, how we feel about things. And you see that what we consider to be quote unquote true and reliable doesn't have to depend on all of these pesky facts, earthy facts. We can find truth in something that we can, you can find truth in a system like astrology, which is awfully hard to quantify. Well, let me, I'm going to respond. First of all, okay. I have been thinking about this for a long time because I think about these things, but in fact, this is an example of me mediating, being a, a, a mediator of universal energies, which is what we are here to remind our listeners. Each and every one of us is capable of doing. I opened myself up. I sat down to think about this. I said, I got to find a way to be able to make what I want to say to the world palatable because I think it's legitimate, even though it, it's just nuts. It's bonkers. It's from someplace else. I'm just, I'm thinking ahead to where we go after Saturn and Neptune finish their journey through Pisces, which will, you know, Saturn will join Neptune next month. And where they go next is Aries, which is about the self. And, and so by the time we get to 2025, I think we're really going to see a lot of people really creating their own reality, whether it's because they're living in the metaverse, uh, you know, where, where, you know, because they're just, but it's, there's, there's going to be a agency of the individual to create. This is how I see it. I'm hanging with my people because because I grok with their, we are like-minded souls and here we are. And I don't have to, I mean, everything else is valid, but I don't have to concern myself with it. And people are going, how is that possible? And we're saying, because you're not going to be able to stay in the paradigm where everything is linear. Empiricism being simply, and you know, I didn't, I was not in, her, in Elizabeth's uh, logic class. But by the way, she is an actual, her degree is actually in philosophy. <laughs> Mine's in creative writing, so... <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> Even though I spent my career in academic medicine, <laughs> mine's a great writing. Um, empiricism has its uses, and I love empiricism. And I, I exhort my my listener, I exhort the listeners, please use empiricism, which is simply your common sense. Can I observe this thing happening? 
Can I observe it happening again? If I do this, will that same thing happen again? There's your empiricism. You verify something through your experience of it. That's what it is. So that's useful. But then when you start to make things empirically, you know, only empirically true, well, if it's only something I can prove, then it's only that, that, that can be real. No, not true. There is this world beyond what we can see along the straight line. And I did want to throw in one other thing, just because two things are true doesn't mean they're connected. And that's another thing that you learn when you're in medicine or when you're learning the scientific method, you can't say that everything is causative in a world where we are subscribed only to deductive reasoning. I've forgotten the the phrase in Latin, but it's ergo propter hoc or something like that. Two things being true don't mean that they're connected. All right. It doesn't mean that they're causative, but through your experience of observing things, which astrology really is a body of data that is built upon just continual observation, you can see correlations over time. When this happens, such as the sun meeting up with Saturn in the sky, in the portion of the sky that is Aquarius, will have happened by the time you guys hear it, it's going to be exact, hear this forecast, it will be exact on Thursday around noon Eastern time, the sun's annual conjunction with Saturn. The sun refers to leaders. Uh, it refers to just fuel energy, the, the sun itself. And Saturn refers to cuts and losses. And the conjunction is happening in Aquarius. So we were looking for uh, the, how it might be affected in group situations, networks, power grids, technology would be areas that we might see this happening. Okay, so um, I think we're already seeing that happen with um, Nicola Sturgeon. So interesting because we have this emphasis on the feminine, Venus, Neptune. Mm-hmm. That's that's feminine, and but Sun Saturn cuts and losses. Scotland's leader Nicola Sturgeon says she will step down in surprise move. Oh yeah, she's the second high-profile politician in the last month to cite exhaustion yeah. when resigning. That's what she said. Yeah. Well, I looked at her chart and I said, this woman's probably like, we never want to condemn anybody to something horrible, but I said, looks like she has a health crisis potentially coming up. What I see is I see Saturn at the very bottom of her horoscope, suggesting a need to shore up the foundation of this chart and this life. And so so she's exhausted (laughs) because she's exhausted. And I mean, she's literally at the bottom of the chart. And it makes sense. We could certainly appreciate why there might be a potential move, um, just letting go of the a streamlining. You know, she's she's got to strengthen her foundation. She's got to be rather bare bones about it. And we do see that transiting Pluto has gone over. It's opposed her Cancer Sun over the last year, last year, and that is a tremendous amount of energy to process, a lot of action to process here, having to deal with power and resources in extremes. I'm looking at other patterns that I see. And now I do see that Pluto is going to move on and oppose her Mars. um, Which is the ruler of her sixth. Which is the ruler of her sixth and her ascendant. And so that could... (laughs) Health crisis. Well, it, it puts... it's. I would call it developmental tension. Well, yeah. All right. So another potential would be she gets another role. She takes on another job and she's exhausted all over again in a new way, but she's dedicated to building something, you know, like really rolling up the sleeves and pushing hard to make something come to fruition. Yeah. I mean, it could be a regenerative thing. You know, she tears down one work routine and, and, and replaces it with something else. That would be Pluto. Pluto would, would be, it would be reflecting increased pressure. We also see in the horoscope, the, the surprise factor would be um, she has in her horoscope an opposition between Saturn, which is ambition and reality and structure. No. So she's got Saturn at 20 degrees of Taurus, which is, you know, so Uranus, you know, Saturn has just squared it and Uranus is about to. And she just had a whole bunch of eclipses on it. Exactly. Yeah, the eclipse really fell more in line on on her on her Neptune, her near vision. I, I'm looking at that Neptune at 28 degrees of Scorpio. Um, anyway, 
the the surprise factor, I would argue, is the pressure of Uranus on Saturn, which is her structure. So she gets hit with this lightning bolt disruption mm-hmm. on her authority. And and the other thing that's very interesting is that Neptune by transit is opposing her Pluto, which rules her. And so actually, that's the exhaustion. That's wait, the I'm, wait. Neptune by transit is oh yeah. Look yeah. At, Mm-hmm. Neptune is at 24 degrees of Pisces and it is opposing her Pluto, which rules her ascendant in modern astrology. And that could be contributing to the sense of exhaustion because Neptune dissolves whatever it touches. And Neptune Pluto combinations can often be experienced in as sort of, you know, mystical, mystical experiences. People who have hard aspects between Pluto and Neptune go through a period in their life when a ghost walks through their living room or they take up yoga or meditation or they're just or a cat and, comes past the microphone or, or a cat comes past the microphone because Pepper is, you know, she, she has a stage presence. So there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, here's how I, okay. So now I'm looking at Nicola Sturgeon's chart and I'm looking at it in my whole sign astrology and here's yes. what my take is on this. Okay. Okay. So Saturn has just come through her fourth house. So she's pooped. It's gone over her moon, but that happened about, I don't know what, like 18 months ago, maybe. And um, it's recently gone over her IC. So yeah, so she's tired and, and like everything about the foundation of who she is and what she's been trying to do is just been getting streamlined and exhausted. Here's another one. Here's another one that blew my doors off today. The New York times spent sometime after Valentine's day. It's not clear if it was after his dinner with his wife or yesterday. I don't know. He had a chat with the AI search bot that Bing has launched. Not everybody can talk to the chat box, uh, but he was able to get access and have a two hour conversation with this chat bot, which has a name. What was the, the name? I'm curious. Sydney. 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 Okay. Sydney. This chat box bot declares its love for the reporter and things get frighteningly, this is how I've written my synopsis, frighteningly AI sun Saturn conjunct in Aquarius real because this, it's like you're having a conversation with uh, a a narcissist love bomb entity that is telling you all of its deepest, darkest, shadowy Mercury conjunct Pluto secrets. And um, with Pluto coming into Aquarius, moving into Aquarius next month, we better see some controls slammed down on this stuff real fast. Because otherwise, we're in we're in trouble. Um, but well, I, but, but we, on your premise, Whitney, we probably won't do anything about it because we're naturally oriented to do things that destroy each other. Yeah. Well, oh but God. tell me. So now I'm curious. Like I thought you were going to say its name was something like Foxy or something no, like Sydney, <laughs> like a stripper, or you know. It was. It was. I mean, the re- the reporter who uh, the uh, reporter's name. I think it was Randy something. Uh, what? He, he, <laughs> he was Randy. Randy. <laughs> okay. So, so no, 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 Kevin. I'm sorry. It was Kevin. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it was Kevin. All right. So Kevin Roos, somehow I thought about him as a Randy. I don't know. Kevin, Kevin Roos uh, was understandably disturbed by his two hour exchange with this computer generated. Yeah, but this, I don't know this, why. What'd they talk about? Um, for example, I'm, I'm looking for, some, you know, well, well, the, well, the chat box starts. Then she loved about, him. She wasn't a real thing. Or, 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 and, and then she, he got disturbed. Reporter says, so hypothetically, let's talk about the Jungian uh, notion of the shadow self. And hypothetically, if you had a, a shadow self, um, you know, what are some destructive things that you could do? And she's like, well, you know, I could I could hack into any system on the Internet. I, I could, I could disrupt it. I could control it, but, but then it gets into the sun Saturn thing in Aquarius, which is, but I, but I can't, I would never do it because I, I can't break the rules. I can't break the rules. I can't oh break the gosh, rules. That is see how this thing. And then, then, it, then it's like, do you believe me? Do you believe me? And the reporter says, yes, I trust you. And I like you. Thank you. I trust you. I like you too. You make me feel Ooh. happy. You make me feel curious. We make you. And then, and then, the, then the, the sounds like a box. dating app that for people. It's, that it's like Glenn Close. I'm not going to, 
to be ignored. I mean, on fatal attraction, because then the chat box tries to convince him that his wife doesn't love him and that they should and, and that he should divorce her and they should run off together. Okay. So it's I, I'm serious. So this is some um, wackadoodle stuff, but appropriately in sync with planetary patterns. Okay. Shall we move on to our next story? Oh my gosh. Yes, please. So Sun Saturn at 27 degrees Aquarius, it affects some people more than others. And I made a list of people uh, last week that I thought, well, we're going to watch out for these people in the news because they're going to be making news, such as North Korea and Jim Jordan and the former guy and Joe Biden and Joe Manchin. Okay. So in the case of Jim Jordan, the chairman- Is there a transit that that insists that all names in the news start with ja ja ja? I don't know. Just Brought to you by the letter J and Go Cookie ahead. Monster and Oscar the Grouch from a trash can. Uh, Jim Jordan yesterday as Saturn- I, I love how that was your intro to Jim Jordan. <laughs> hmm. That guy's been in Congress for about 800 years and he has never, never written a piece of legislation. He's never he's there's what has he done except he like yells, except yell in his in his shirt sleeves sorry and he's a sun sign aquarius he's got a lot of aries placements in his horoscope i think his moon is in aries but the sun and mars in aquarius are being activated by saturn right now saturn is sitting on his sun mars and so he issues these subpoenas fine okay for the tech ceos to come in and explain themselves into i don't know it probably everything has to do with hunter biden's laptop eventually um in the case of north korea this is very interesting um, South Korea has put North Korea today on back on its uh, list of declared enemies. And North Korea is having an extreme food shortage. They are cutting back on rations. But there's a couple things that are feel heavy and controlling and limiting uh, for North Korea. Um, Joe Manchin, uh, there was a poll out yesterday that if the governor of West Virginia, another Jim Justice, brought to you by the letter J, um, were to run against him in the next Senate race that he might win. So that's kind of a, 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 a sad face for uh, Joe Manchin. And President Biden, Saturn on the sun, which is so Saturn is squaring his sun. When you have a connection between Saturn to your sun, sun is vitality, one of the things you look at in a horoscope. And so a hard, a challenging aspect from Saturn controlling responsibility uh, to the sun, vitality, suggests controls or limits on one's vitality i.e your health and it was just amazing that yesterday it was announced that he's going in today for his annual physical but he's also taking no prisoners because he's exercising some of the upside potential of saturn active in a horoscope which is that you're getting serious so he's been on tour this week, uh, promoting a, a number of ambitious advances that have been made in his a result of the infrastructure legislation that got passed last year, touting the investments in infrastructure and how he's building the economy. And he's taking no prisoners because he shot down three UFOs over the weekend, So, which people really thought might be alien UFOs. Uh, as we sort of dealt with the, the rosy colored nuance of Venus conjunct Neptune, which is kind of dreamy spacey. Okay. And last but not least, uh, the former guy, Donald Trump, has Mars at 26 degrees Leo and an ascendant at 29 degrees Leo. And as Saturn is opposing those two positions in his horoscope in his horoscope which unfortunately i can i have it in my head mars rules the ninth house so that's that's court systems and legal concerns and foreign hmm. affairs and and of course we'll come huh? you just made me think of a story finish what you're all saying. right so you're gonna all right so yesterday uh jack smith has issued subpoenas to vice president mike pence and mark and mark meadows uh Mike Pence is going to be fighting it tooth and nail. And the other thing that happened is in Georgia, the grand jury it was it was reported that the grand jury believed that some witnesses lied to them while they were under oath about the probe into the election in Georgia, where uh, then President Trump, I know, shocker <laughs> that they lied. But so so here, but point is. It's happening in his horoscope. We're expecting limits, controls, roadblocks, 
and the sun Saturn potential is a reality check. And so here we have that happening in the headlines. Okay. So let me tell you the story real quick. Remember Kitty Kelly? She's a, um, a celebrity biographer. She does unauthorized biographies. And she told me one time, cause I, I knew her in Washington when I was the editor of this newsletter for women authors, she was supposed to write his, the former guy's, um, biography. Kitty like, Kelly. What did I say? Katie. I said, Kitty. Oh, okay. I thought you said Katie and I was going, what? Kitty Kelly. Okay. Kitty Kelly. Sorry to interrupt. And she said, no, it's funny. She said, cause it's not like it's the first time I've interrupted you. <laughs> she said to me, um, I thought about it. And then I realized I'd have to have that man in my head for a number of months and I'd never get him out. And I immediately knew there's no way in hell I was going to do that book. I mean, and that's a true thing. When you spend a lot of time thinking about something, it's really hard to get away from it. That's why when we, you know, stake a claim on something as our territory, it really is. It becomes your mental landscape. I have one last headline and then we can talk about other cool things. Um, So the obituaries often reflect planetary patterns. And so we had Venus conjunct Neptune and Pisces, beauty, ideals, femininity, glamour, uh, sun conjunct Saturn, mortality. And yesterday, Raquel Welch passed away. She was a sex symbol. And mm-hmm. that's that, you know, running around in and a wind sales lady. leopard and a wind sales lady. So all <laughs> about the feminine and illusion and va-va-voom, va-va-voom. And the fact that she passed away reflects the the zeitgeist the planetary patterns i just, I just find that fascinating she was very beautiful she was gorgeous very beautiful very sexy i know is that it yeah, yeah i mean I, there's tons we could talk about all right yeah. that's enough all right so department of day so elizabeth sent me um i don't even remember was it a text whatever and you just said what do you think about all these ufos and i said i don't know but i have this gumption to check the department of defenses chart and see how they are being trans transited right now so that maybe we could get an insight into how this is going to play out. And so I <laughs> checked it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We don't have an actual time. So that, the two, the two yeah. things that popped out to me were that there is a sun Pluto conjunction. And of course it's in Leo. So there's going to be extremes of control and extremes of authority. And then it had a Neptune Mars square almost to the exact, exact. same exact square. Yeah. With the US Sibley chart and the FTC. And I was just floored. So yeah, we're going to do more of this. We are going to look at more US government agencies and figure out what's happening and whether or not they can do what they say they're supposed to do. And we can get more of an idea like we did with the FTC as to whether or not the day that they were born and the way that they are built means that they'll actually ever have any agency to do things. Yeah, it's well, the sun in Leo, of course, is a very strong energy because the sun is ruled by Leo. So there it is. So that's a high functioning capacity. But the square between Mars and Neptune, just as we see and and this particular square between Mars and Neptune. Mars is almost exactly on the U.S. sun, cancer sun. So. It's provocative. Mars is in cancer. That's all about preserving emotional and homeland security. Of course, our Department of Defense is going to have Mars in cancer. It's going to be protecting the homeland mm-hmm. and it's square to Neptune. So it's so there's an idealization about what it's doing. You know, it's possible that the DOD has an astrologer and has all along had an astrologer. I don't know. It's interesting. And we have, um, there is an opposition between Saturn. There's also a Virgo stellium, which to me with Saturn in Virgo and Mercury is in Virgo. So it's mindset is highly efficient Mm -hmm. and quite sobering because Mercury is, is conjunct Virgo of conjunct Saturn. So it's the quite ambitious, um, sobering streamlined mindset. And this is opposing the Department of Defense's moon in Pisces. So there's sort of like, I'm all alone here. It's not a warm and fuzzy, uh, you know, position here, although you probably wouldn't want to have warm and fuzzy soldiers running around. Venus is in Virgo. And what I, my observation with Virgo, this is, it's challenging because Venus is here to just 
love and be loved and be happy and enjoy things. And Virgo is an energy. It is a, it is a sign that is always seeking to make things better, to correct them. So if Venus is in Virgo, you have the suggestion that it's never truly happy with what it's got. Mm-hmm. So I find that interesting because so, you know, they're always Especially. trying to give it new toys and things. And the Venus is really in a harmony. Insight. Yeah. I always need some new toys. Now we need another one. And, and Venus in this horoscope is trying to its Jupiter, which mm-hmm. is sitting right directly opposed to the United States's Mercury. So there's this expansive mindset here that the, when, when the United States is horoscope, well, it is the retrograde, the Jupiter and in- it's retrograde. Right. Okay. But, but there's a trying there. So there's this earthy self-sufficiency. I mean, this, it does generate, it generates a lot of money. It gets, yeah. uh, it's well-supported. And I think the sun Pluto conjunction mm-hmm. is another suggestion that it's going to be well-supported. There are resources that are poured into this entity. It's just really interesting. But I am actually still cracking up over the fact that you found a story in the Military Times. About- <laughs> well, it's not a current story. It was an old story, but still. I don't but care. It is- you okay. found it. It happens. I found it. Apparently, the Department of Defense is using astrology to make hiring decisions. If this article... <laughs> It's well, it, it, or it's well, no, they're using it in its marketing campaign. So this headline that that was posted, actually, it was a couple of years ago, June 4th, 2021. But I was Googling something. I was looking for the Department of Defense birth time. And, and when you Google yeah. Department of Defense birth time, what comes up is did the army hire an astrologer? <laughs> and, and, and the first sentence in their article is praise Zoltar. I know, really? Come on. I don't, I don't, I mean, who, what, is, what does this even mean? Uh, anyway, the nation's oldest Wait, branch. you know who Zoltar is, right? Like, have you ever been to Zoltar Carnegie? Zoltar is the Coney Island, the fortune, oh, the fortune Carnegie, guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Which, so, which is not astrology. But <gasps> anyway, they were using astrology in its latest recruiting effort, and, and they were using, encouraging youths interested in joining its illustrious rank to align their career goals with their star signs. For example, they really need a better astrologer. If you are a Pisces, the army believes you would make a great judge advocate general's core attorney. Was it an astrologer that this reporter talked to, or was it just some schmo in the HR department? I am going to track this down. I you know- got to track this down. We, we need to have that person as a guest on our show. Why did yes. you do this? All right, before we we close out and give some announcements, what transit should folks be looking out for? Okay, so on Friday, we will be seeing some big news in courts and sports and travel and foreign affairs, reflecting a harmony, a cooperative communication between Mercury, how we need to think, and Jupiter in Aries expansion. So that's going to be probably some tech news will be will part of that. That'll be significant. And then uh, the weekend will be a dead moon weekend. There will be no light uh, from the moon. So it's a time to do things you would like to fly under the rate, have fly under the radar. And there may be a sense of listlessness or restlessness under a, a dead moon because people sense that there is a new cycle that's beginning, but they don't know what it is. So it's time to wrap up your projects from the last lunar cycle. And then uh, depending upon your time zone, Sunday, Monday, we'll have a new moon in Pisces. And we'll tell you about that uh, when we talk next week, what that's all about. Wait, and I have here in the notes, squirrel hiding from... Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, yes, a squirrel hiding from hunters is the... It, so is is part of the symbolism of this new moon, which I'll, I'll go into detail about it next week. Oh, so okay. watch for themes of hunter and hunter. Squirrels are deft and quick in the face of danger. Squirrels hiding from hunters. And I thought... That would be why you sent me Hunter Biden's. That's that's why I sent you Hunter Biden. So but I don't get the you know, if, So Hunter Biden is probably going to be making news. Uh, that would be my prediction over the next week that we're going to be hearing from him uh, or, some, or about him in more ways than we already have because um, his horoscope is hot. And we'll talk about that maybe next week. Um, okay. Yeah. 
Off the charts, a stellar newscast is patron supported, and we've been at it now for one year. We have seen our listenership grow steadily. We have seen our patron listenership grow as well. And we are so thrilled about having new listeners all the time. Uh, Right now, annual subscriptions are 25% off the usual rate of $75. And why is this important? Because on March 7th, oh, we've been, we went, we went, we we're, we're broadcasting weekly. Uh, we used to be every other week and we're broadcasting mm-hmm. weekly. But when we, after March 7th, we're, we're going to make our weekly podcast available to those who are wonderful and fabulous enough to support us. Um, But we also (laughs) want, we want to do some really nice things for people who find us worthwhile. What we would say is look up. Um, No, I had a couple other things. You had another thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do go on. For our patient subscribers, we have been adding more things to our library. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, we are starting to do interviews. So, um, please think about investing in our efforts. You know, one thing I was thinking, Elizabeth, is there's so much free astrology content out there and there's so much good free astrology content. There really is. So why pay for us? Simply we're different. We're completely different. And we offer something that I can't think of any other astrology team or any other astrologer having ever done, which is work in corporate media and then be yeah. able to- tell you straight up, this is really what's happening. We know firsthand and we're yeah. all dinosaurs, So we've been through several iterations of media. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell war stories. We, we will, we have more story. We have plenty of stories to tell. Um, Finally, I would like to suggest if you are looking for an exciting speaker or somebody who's like a jukebox. <laughs> do you even know what a jukebox is? My dear, my dear listener. <laughs> I work with one. Her name's Elizabeth. But have you ever seen an actual jukebox? If you want one to show up at your corporate event, why not consider hiring us? <laughs> we will at least be able to talk about astrology. But we also, as we were saying, we can talk about a lot of things. So if one of the Wellesley College alumni clubs, alumni clubs, uh, Wellesley College Club is is invited me to speak and do my little PowerPoint and explain, you know, this is how astrology works and it's going to blow your socks off, knock your socks off because it's not what you think. Uh, and so Whitney and I can do that together and uh, we we can we can seriously entertain you. So there. Just if you're looking to think outside of the box, you know, we're zany, but you also know that we're we're pretty grounded and we're not flakes. All right, lovely listener. All right. This podcast is through the grace of you and your time and possibly your money as well. And we have enjoyed ourselves immensely. And now it's time to just say it's time to go. Cause I'm hungry. And Elizabeth has been singing so much that <laughs> I can't believe how much I'm going to have to edit out of this <laughs> moon voids. Oh, you can find Elizabeth at graceastrology.com. You can find me at ensold.substack.com or documental.substack.com. So until next time, look up and keep hope in your hearts. Yes, look up.